You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. The old Michigan Central Depot train station southwest of downtown Detroit has served as a monolith of decay for decades. It's represented a microcosm of Detroit for any outside reporters or visitors, a once beautiful giant now standing alone in a field, dilapidated and empty. It's a symbol symbol of lost promise, but the station really is much different than the mythology it inhabits. It's a gargantuan building with very few possible practical uses. Kwame Kilpatrick, our former mayor, thought maybe he could make it into a police station. Some people thought a long time ago maybe it could be a casino, but ultimately the property is owned by one family, and the scale of the rehab project is so immense that figuring out the train station's future has always been much more specific than assuming it would rise with a general surge of development in Detroit. Now the owners, the Maroon family, which also owns the Ambassador Bridge, they say they know what they'd like to see the train station become. They say it should be just what it was built for, a train station, a transportation hub in a city that's experiencing economic growth, but few mass transit options. Is that realistic? Is that something that we'll see actually come to fruition, or at least plans for that to come to fruition? Or is this another false start around a building that has had many of them over the years? Joining us now to talk about the possibilities for Michigan Central Station is Chad Livingood. He's a reporter for Cranes Detroit Business, covers the city of Detroit, and recently talked with Matthew Maroon, the head of the bridge company, about the train station and other issues. Chad, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Yeah. So I have to admit up front, I am not just a little, I'm plenty skeptical of the idea of returning trains to the station. I think it's a great idea in theory. I think that's what it was built for. It's situated in a place because it was built that way, uh, that it could be a real important transportation hub. It was at some point. Uh, and I can remember as a kid leaving on trains from from, from that place. Uh, my skepticism, though, comes from, I guess, the history of the Maroon family promising big and delivering Almost nothing when it comes to that uh, to that building. Uh, I, I'm curious uh, what your impression is of what they're what they're saying. Well, Matthew Maroon, uh, the son of Maddie Maroon, uh, who's well known, he's 90 years old now, and um, he's you know kind of over the years stepped back a little bit. Uh, and uh, Matthew has become more the public face of the family company. It's a big company that mostly revolves around trucking, uh, even though they're well known for owning this building and owning the the Ambassador Bridge. They made their their millions and billions uh, from from the trucking and logistics uh, business. And so, so he's trying to um, he's clearly trying to 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 do something, get something going. Um, he's had a lot of pressure from the mayor. Um, he's become a little, you know, friendly with the mayor, m- much more friendly as the, as Mayor Duggan has said than previous administrations. Duggan has described uh, the Maroons' relationship with other administrations as checkered. Um, they they cut a deal with a land swap at Riverfront Park so that they, the Maroons would have the land they need to to fly a new bridge over the river. Um, and then they they're making some improvements to the park and give gave the city some more land. And then the mayor came and said, "Now I want you." To 
to put 1,100 new windows in that in that building. I'm tired of, of all the ruin porn photos that show up on the national news. And so uh, Matthew Maroon did that. And and then they, they put an elevator in to be able to do that. And so they've been kind of slowly... Pecking away at it, and and as the, the the development push has been has been coming out of downtown, they're getting a lot more people that are coming around looking. And and what he told me was that they had someone that was willing to, to rent sixty percent of the tower. It's thirteen stories tall, twenty five thousand square feet each floor, and but the 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 math just doesn't add up when they have to deal with the concourse of that of that building, which is three stories tall. And it has huge, you know, fifty-four foot ceilings and and just a, just a massive open space, hundred and ten thousand square feet. I mean, the best way to look at it, um, Stephen, is it's basically a Kmart um, at the at the base of of of, of a tower. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how mm-hmm. do you fill the Kmart? And 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 you can't. Uh, I mean, p- ideas of like museums and mini malls, um, <laughs> just just you know, just don't don't uh, add up, especially because it's not really next to anything. Yeah, it's 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 separated by a couple of city blocks from the Corktown district, and and it's separated by two miles from Campus Martius, yeah. <laughs> where all the foot traffic is in Detroit right now. So, so the idea he's throwing around is. The, that the oldest idea for the train station uh, would be would is trains, and so why not have some type of of passenger rail service, some type of commuter connection to the airport? Mm-hmm. Clearly, if we're starting to think about how we're going to build the city back, and 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 Amazon and its in its request for a second he, you know headquarters proposals from from various cities, that is putting a huge spotlight on this issue about. Uh, they want uh, an international airport and mass transit um, availability. We have a great international airport. No one's disputing that. We have lousy uh, public transportation to get to the airport from from the central business district. And so um, it's funny, Matthew Maroon um, sat down and talked to me about this um, at Nemo's Bar, and, and you, you're you're aware of this because you were you were a few tables away having having lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I sort of eavesdropped a little in on your conversation. <laughs> I didn't even realize. <laughs> you were still in the, in the bar. And, and then, I so. said, I bet Chad's going to have a story soon about the Maroons. <laughs> That's my deductive reporter powers yeah. at work there. <laughs> so, I mean, but um, we we sat and uh, talked about this. And, I mean, the one big issue, even if you got the trains, if you got Amtrak coming back there and you had connection to the to Mon- Ontario's uh, VIA system that, that has a high-speed train. Yes. To, to Toronto, which is, you know, there's a rail tunnel right next to, uh, not a lot of people know, we have a tunnel for ra- for railroad only that mm-hmm. goes underneath the river. And um, that's sitting right in, you know, near the base of, of that train station. So there, that, it, you know, continues to be a, a, a used uh, train corridor. So the infrastructure is there. It's just a matter of how would you tie this in with long-term planning and also how would you connect it downtown? And, and and Matthew Maroon said it would it would really require a second queue line uh, or a second streetcar running similar, out Michigan Avenue, similar to the one that was there for the first half of the 20th century. <laughs> right, um, right. You can see the rails between the bricks in, in Michigan Avenue that are still there, and and so, but you know, you maybe not maybe not. Some people have said to me this week, what, you don't even, you don't need to build another queue line. Just have a rapid transit bus or a, a you know a dedicated bus lane going up and down Michigan Avenue. Michigan Avenue is immensely wide, um, and and has the capacity. Um, you could see a, a, a you know a bus looping back and forth um, to a, to a train station that could then take you 
to um, uh, to Detroit Metro Airport or Chicago or Toronto. Yeah. You know, one of the things that's true about this, this idea is that it tracks sort of similarly to what some other cities have done with old train stations like this, which is to keep them as uh, train stations and take advantage of take advantage of that in a way that uh, builds density and excitement around the idea of transit. And, and I think the best example, of course, is in Washington, D.C., uh, where Union Station sits just over from Capitol Hill. It is a hub for Amtrak. It is a hub for the the metro, which is the subway in in Washington. It's a it's a hub for the commuter trains that run uh, north and east from from there. And it's sort of a mall. I mean, there's uh, there's a lot of retail that that's yeah. been located there. There's restaurants. There's a lot of activity around that that place that came out of the idea of doubling down on transit. And so in that way. Uh, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and then you have 13 floors above it that you could fill with office space and and maybe a hotel they've talked about. And and at the top, at the 13th floor, you could have some pretty pricey uh, penthouses up there, I would mm-hmm. imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and interesting enough, I mean, a lot of the little history, the 12th and 13th floor that's of that tower were never they developed. They were never occupied, right? Never developed. It's sti- and um, and so uh, the, the, uh, until this week, actually, they, they've had a, a concrete floor there. You can actually still see the boot prints uh, from, from workers. Now, for, for tonight, um, uh, the, the uh, former Detroiters that are coming in town for, for the Cranes Detroit homecoming, uh, for the opening event is at the train station. This uh, the Maroons have you know decided uh, allowed to uh, made, made, or, or making this happen so that they can um, uh, host this big dinner in the um, in the concourse and then have a, a cocktail hour on the 13th floor. They put a false floor up there on the just so people could uh, go up there and, and enjoy themselves. But um, but they're also trying to use this as an opportunity to get maybe some people's imaginations running. Uh, some of these uh, heavy hitters that are uh, former Detroiters that are coming into town. To um, uh, for the for the uh, annual homecoming. for the homecoming, sure. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Chad Livengood. He's a reporter for Cranes Detroit Business. He covers the city of Detroit. Recently wrote about Matthew Maroon, who heads the bridge company, uh, which not only owns the Ambassador Bridge but also owns Michigan Central Depot train station southwest of downtown Detroit. One of the longest standing large scale eyesores here in the city of Detroit, a symbol, a national symbol of Detroit's decline. Matthew Maroon says he wants to turn that around. He would like to return the station to its original use as a transit center, maybe hook it up with Amtrak as well as commuter trains, maybe make it possible to get across the river into Canada on a train from there. Uh, what do you think about that idea? What do you think about the idea of the train station more generally? Is that something that we really need to have happen uh, outside of downtown Detroit to keep this momentum going development-wise? What do you think about the idea of trains being there? Is that something that could get going faster than some of the more pie-in-the-sky ideas that we've had in the past about the train station? If you want to join the conversation, talk about uh, about the train station. We're going to talk a little bit about the Ambassador Bridge and the, the potential new span uh, that the Maroons want to build across the Detroit River. Give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phone. So that's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. 
We'll work your comments into the conversation. Let's go to Tim in Gross Point Farms. Tim, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Um, I travel to Chicago a lot via train, and the current train station at Baltimore and Woodward is an absolute, in my opinion, an embarrassment. Um, somebody coming, taking train to Detroit, and that's where they're going to end up. I have seen them take a half an hour to, to load the train to Chicago because the elevator fits about four people with their luggage, luggage to get oh, up to wow. the platform. Wow. It's horrible. I think turning the old train station into a train station would be the best possible use. As you said before, all the infrastructure is there, the train tunnels there. Best way to go. That would be the best, in my opinion, the best use of. Yeah, of I mean, I you know I could remember riding the train out of that out of that station. Um, I, I right now go to Dearborn if I have to take the train, right? Because you've got that really great uh, transit <laughs> center there. Um, I, and I wonder, frankly, whether developing Michigan Central Station might be duplicative of what they've done in Dearborn. There's a lot of money spent on that Dearborn station. Do we need another sort of central station like that uh, downtown? I wonder if the Maroons have, have considered that, Chad. That, that's that's something they, they're, they're probably thinking about. One thing they brought up, Matthew Maroon brought up, was that the um, that, that Baltimore uh, Street station, um, the, on the other side of the tracks, uh, on the south side of the tracks there, um, MDOT owns a big vacant lot there mm-hmm. that they've had plans for an intermodal, um, a new train station for a while. Uh, it's, it's been kind of put off until the queue line got up and running. There is a queue line stop uh, right at, at Baltimore. Right there, yeah. And so you, know, you can see in the future how they could you could tie in a queue line with, with, with the train uh, as well, and you, you now can. But, yeah, it's a very small spot. In fact, I, I counted the parking spaces. There's 18 of them um, there. It's not uh, It's not a place that you go and get on the train and, and come back from Chicago in two days uh, and, and, and feel confident about. And so, yeah, there's, there's, but then at the same time, you have these, uh, these, like the Dearborn stop, you have like the other, you know, transit centers have been built in Troy. Um, I think Royal Oak as well. And, and so you, in Ann Arbor, you think about if you could, you know, get into using the existing corridor, you could start, you know, building out, um, a commuter system. That was what the RTA, um, uh, plan called for, at least for Detroit to Ann Arbor commuter rail. Matthew Maroon basically is saying, you know, let's have that commuter rail stop at, you know, and for, for foot traffic. Yeah. If, if your elevator can only handle four people's bags, I mean, that's not, that's not going to cut <laughs> it. There's no elevator at the train station. You walk right off in, in the old train station, you walk right off into the uh, concourse and then, right. and then you're c- cutting across the, uh, the front of the building. Yeah. Uh, again, thanks for the call, uh, Tim in Gross Point Farms. Let's go to Frank in Livonia. Frank, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, uh, good morning. Um, you know, I just wanted to make a comment about trains in general, uh, you know, with the uh, uh, Harvey in Houston and Florida, uh, you know, tracks, the, the steel uh, wheels on steel tracks are just an outdated form of transportation. Uh, you know, there's there's huge backlogs and backups across the train system. Uh, you know, this idea that trains are the future in ground transportation is just outdated. So, uh, so Frank, I, you know, I, I, I'm going to push back on that. I lived on the East Coast for about 15 years, and there is no way that daily transit or the sort of vacation transit or business transit would work on the East Coast without trains. Well, you know, on the East Coast, the system was built a long time ago, so there's existing infrastructure, but try to uh, cram that 
uh, infrastructure with all the bridges and the right-of-way, and there's a huge uh, issue with, uh, uh, you know, government uh, taking property. I mean, you're just talking millions and millions of dollars and, and generations and generations just to put a new track in, into any place. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting that's an interesting perspective, I, uh, Frank. Go ahead, Chad. I go back to th- this Amazon uh, proposal, and because I wrote about that, mm-hmm. and basically, I, you know, and and so did Nancy Kaffer about how basically we're not going to get this if we don't figure out mass transit. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get something this big, right? Fifty thousand, right. hundred. It's not just about jobs. Amazon. You're talking about anybody looking at yeah. that kind of relocation is going to look at Detroit and be like, I, I can't get around. Yeah, and and the idea that um, you know, that's been floated, well, we'll just make multiple campuses across the region. Think about that for a second. Has anybody ever tried to drive from Auburn Hills to the airport at 4 in the afternoon? Um, no, nobody nobody ventures that way. It's 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 impossible. And um, and so the idea is that you, you, you we do have um, a, a lot of land you can infill on in Detroit um, and build, um, you know, that kind of um, that kind of business um, uh, commerce center but to get people out to where they want to live or need to live um, that's going to be the big challenge to do that and and so um, you can either you know throw 50,000 more cars on on the streets of uh, or the highways and and and, uh, corridors of Detroit or you could start to develop other ways of people getting around buses trains yeah, all all kinds of public transit. Mass and the other transit. thing is, like, with a, with autonomous cars coming around the corner, you can start to see the future with the, these type of autonomous shuttles taking fifteen, ten people at a time uh, in 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 commuter uh, routes, essentially, and and uh, cutting down on the need for big bulky buses or the need to build trains. Uh, or you know, you have a train for some you know part portions of that. Especially in downtown, as far as you know, get be able to have you know, you have to have a lot of density in order to, for the trains to justify themselves. And we're going to find out, you know, whether the queue line was you know really worth it, and and we'll catch on. Yeah. Uh, before we run out of time, I want to get you to talk a little about the bridge project. The the Maroons are still full steam ahead on the idea that they want to build their own new span across the river. There was some news in that uh, in that project recently that seemed to me to be much, much closer to them putting shovels into the ground. Yeah, last week the uh, the Canadian uh, Transportation Agency uh, granted them uh, the permit that they need to build uh, a second span, but a replacement span of, right. the, of the Ambassador Bridge. That's a right. key word because they've always wanted two spans. And uh, so they'd have to be able to build a new bridge. They got already got a U.S. Coast Guard permit. Uh, there are some state uh, permits out there and like uh, for, for air rights and such and environmental type of things and construction. But the, but the larger, you know, big hurdles of getting the Canadian government to approve this was kind of a big deal because the Canadian government has effectively been at war with Matty Maroon yeah. since the late 80s. They went all the way to their Supreme Court trying to take his bridge. Um, he won, and they've been basically in a detente ever since. <laughs> um, and uh, and so um, they uh, that was kind of surprising. But at the same time, they also reassured that uh, they're still moving forward with building their public bridge, the Gordie Howe International Bridge. Yeah. Um, and 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 now the Windsor Stars reported yesterday that the CEO of the um, of the authority, the bridge authority is out, uh, which is a shakeup. At the same time, they they are they just recently announced that they are going to be pushing off the final date for the proposals from uh, architects and, and engineers and, and the companies that will, will build these consortiums to build the bridge by six months. So they, they're having some delays on that. 
um, it's pretty clear there's a race now to build a bri- new bridge across the Detroit River. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that, like you say, that bridge would be duplicate or a replacement of yeah. the ambassador. It'd and have, that would get us to that idea of two bridges, two spans, which was. Yeah, the they'd have five years to tear down the, the, uh, the ambassador bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Chad Livengood, reporter for Crane's Detroit Business, covers the city of Detroit. Uh, thanks for coming in. This week is Crane's big homecoming, uh, which is a huge welcome home, I guess, for lots of people around the, the, the country. So that's a cool event as well. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for me today. I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. Detroit Today is produced by Laura Weber Davis and Jake Neer. Program director is Joan Isabella. Technical director and engineer is Matthew Trevethan. Our associate producer is Gus Navarro. And Detroit Today's theme song was composed by WDET Sam Bobian. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you tomorrow.